brethren as we begin to worship the Lord. I picked out some songs tonight that I thought of, you know, some of the old revivals and, and different tent meetings and things that I'd been to over the years. And, and I know this song was always one that we would sing when we'd go places because it's a great question to ask ourselves, are we washed in the blood? And I'm not sure what verses Pastor Dean's going to have up there, but whatever you put up there, we'll I'll just sing you know. them, all right? Okay? So let's sing out and clap our hands and just worship the Lord tonight. Let's, let's pray before we start. Can we do that? Heavenly Father, we just thank you tonight as we come before you. And Lord, as we've talked about, this is a night we, we want you to revive our hearts and to stir our hearts, Lord God. And we just thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. Father, I just want to lift up Pastor Steve and Joyce this evening as well, as tomorrow is a big day for them, that they're going to be taking Joyce's mother and, and finding a right place. We pray you lead them, and maybe you've already led them in that decision, but a place where she can stay and call home for a season of her life. And as difficult as that is, may they feel your peace and comfort throughout this time and in this part of their journey, Lord God, as well. And now, Lord, just be glorified. We give you all the praise and all the honor. We just pour out, as Paul said, as a drink offering, everything before you tonight. We come against any anxiety, any fears, any doubts, any worries, troubled hearts, bad days, things at work, things at home. I just pray right now, if everybody just kind of lift your hands and just say, Lord, just take, take this from me right now in Jesus' name. Let's just surrender, whatever it might be, and just say, Lord, just, just take it off from me. You carry my burdens. Cast them upon him today. In Jesus' name. Well, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Well, are you washed in the blood? Cleansing blood of the land. Are you godless, spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood? Of Let's sing that verse one more time. You've been to Jesus for the cleansing power. Are you washed in the blood of the land? Are you fully trusting in his grace? This hour, are you washed? In the blood of the Lamb, well, are you washed in the blood? Oh, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb, are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily? Are you walking daily to save your side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Well, are you washed in the blood? Oh, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are your garments spotless, are Sing that again. Well, are you washed in the blood? Oh, in the soul-cleansing blood of the 
Praise God. <clears throat> you know, we can come here tonight and just uh, say, well, we're just doing another special thing on a Wednesday night and blah, 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 blah. And we can all kind of go home the same way we came. But I'm going to ask God to challenge me tonight to make me better, to lift me higher, to bring me closer, to do whatever it is. <clears throat> because I don't know about you, but I get sick of me sometimes. Do you ever get sick of me? No, I mean, do you ever get sick of you? You might get sick of me too, but I don't want to hear about it. But hopefully we all kind of get sick of ourselves some days. And that's okay. Because that means that we're striving and we're looking and we're wanting more of Christ. So tonight I really do. I want us to just focus. I think God is bringing a select group of people here this evening. And he's going to pinpoint some areas in our lives, not your lives, our lives, where he wants us to step a little bit higher and trust a little bit more and go a little deeper and let go of some things that maybe we haven't been willing to let go of. And I know I shared a little last week about how when we walk through the valley, that our feelings cannot dictate to us. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that as we get going tonight. But our feelings cannot dictate our walk with God any longer because we're coming to the end. The signs of the time are definitely everywhere. Let's sing this old song, Blessed Assurance. Do you have Jesus tonight? When we get to that point where it says, This is my story. Let's just let it rip, okay? It's a beautiful song. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. in his blood let's sing it now and this is my story this is my song praising my savior all the day long this is my story this is my song praising my Perfect submission, perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst on my side, angels descending, bring from above, echoes of mercy. This is my story, 
my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, washed in his love. And this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Sing it out again. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my I heard someone a few years ago bring out a comment about songs that we sing. And sometimes we, we brag on Jesus in a song, and then there's other times we brag on ourselves. And that song kind of is declaring something, isn't it, about us? This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. I, I fall short of that sometimes where I don't praise him as often or as faithfully as I should. But I long to. So I think sometimes when we sing those songs, we, we're proclaiming something that we want in our life. We're speaking it as if it isn't, it is, even though it might not always be that way in our hearts and in our life. And so tonight, let's just continue to, to worship him as we sing some of these old songs when peace like a With my 
It's well tonight. Give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know in a lot of cases, it's not always well with our soul. Things that are happening, we have questions about, we have fears about, we doubt, we wonder. There's times we say, God, where are you? Are you in this? Am I hearing you? I'm going to be talking a little more about Noah tonight. 
and really looking into his heart and see how we're not different from people that God used in Bible times. We're not different than they are. I don't think Noah built an ark for 100 years and sang zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day every day as he put pitch on the inside and the outside. In fact, Chantel and I were talking earlier. We said, I bet, wonder if there were decades that went by where he said, God, did I hear you? And the heavens were brass, possibly. You ever pray sometimes and it feels like your prayer goes clink and falls down at your feet? This next song, Third Day, made famous, I don't know, 15 years ago or more. But <clears throat> did we find the words to this one? Pastor Dean, do we have this one on the screen? Cry out to Jesus. Right there. Thank you. Chantel's mic on, Dan. Crank her up. She's not on. I see a green light, but no it's voice. Yeah. There you are. Perfect. Now you're on. He had the power. He muted me. That's right. Do you have one of those switches for me at home, brother? Don't show it to him. Oh, I find my way to the doghouse more than I really need to be. Look at the words of this song. To everyone who's lost someone they loved long before it was their time. Feel like the days that you had were not enough when you said goodbye. To all of the people with burdens and pains keeping you back from your life. You believe that there's nothing. And there's no one who can make it right. Tonight, whatever it is that we're dealing with. Let's do as the song says. Let's cry out to Jesus. Amen. Just to hang on 
lost all of their faith in love. They've done all they can to make it right again. Still, it's not enough. For the ones who can't break the addictions and chains, try to give up, but you come back again. Just remember that you're not alone in your pain and your suffering there is hope for the helpless rest for the weary love for the broken heart there is grace and forgiveness mercy and healing we meet you wherever you are cry out Cry out to Jesus just begin to allow the Lord right now to minister to our hearts. He's already starting to do some things right here tonight. So let's be very sensitive as we continue to go in through this night, to not do it our way, to not have things go normal. Let's give the Holy Ghost complete freedom to do. If you feel led to pray for somebody, pray. Why don't a few of you ladies circle around right now and just pray. Come on. Let's reach out. It's the love tonight. It's the love tonight that's going to break down walls. No matter what, let that love of God come out tonight. There is hope for the helpless, rest for the weary, love 
for the broken heart. There is grace and forgiveness, mercy and healing. He meets you wherever you are. Cry out to Jesus. Cry out to Jesus. Everyone has lost someone they love long before it was their time. You feel like the days you had were not enough when you say goodbye to all of the people with burdens and pains keeping you back. You believe that there's nothing, there is no one who can make it right. There is hope for the helpless, rest for the weary, love for the broken heart. There is grace and forgiveness, mercy. Rest for the weary, love 
God, you can be seated. The girls are going to come up and do their dance routine for us again. We thank you for coming out. They have the music and everything? We hope. Should be. Hi. Um, so this weekend, Thursday through Sunday, Doug and I... Um, we were in the Twin Cities in downtown St. Paul. There was a conference going on called Power and Love. I don't know if you guys have heard of that before, but um, Todd White, Robbie Dawkins, they were speakers there. They're more like teachers. <laughs> they just teach you to like walk out your faith in day-to-day -day life. Um, you guys ready? <laughs> um, so quick story. We Doug and I were looking to park that morning to go to the conference, and there was a lot for like, $2.50, and everywhere we went to turn, the road was blocked off, so we ended up having to park in a lot where it was like $8 for a couple hours, and we are like, oh, you know, but um, there was a guy sitting right at the entrance, and he had a, um, a sign that, you know, said, veteran in, in need of anything, um, and he looked, you know, like he hadn't had a good shower or a meal in a while, and so we went and paid, um, for our parking and then came up to him and you know just said hey good morning and um, just blessed him financially what we thought the Lord wanted us to give and then we we're just talking with him and we saw he had a cane so I said um, I, I noticed you have a cane I said is there you know pain in your body and um, he said yeah my my hip he said I've I've had pain in it constantly for years and so we're like you know can we pray for it we believe Jesus loves you and he just he wants to bring healing to your body, so it's like, sure, you know, and he's wearing a cross necklace, and later on told us, like, he knows God and believes in him, and um, so we just prayed for him, and we're like, you know, can you check it out? How does it feel? So he, he's sitting down, and he stands up, and he kind of looks at us, moves around, he's like, whoa, it's gone, <laughs> and we were like, yes, thank you, Jesus, and just like, you know, he just loves you, and we just got to, like, get to talk to him more, and found out that because of everything that happened in his past, he said he believed in Jesus, but he wasn't so sure about the Father, um, and so we just got to kind of, like, speak life into him, and, you know, just tell him that Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit, they're three in one. Can't believe in one without the other, you know, and that the Father, he loves you, you know, he's, he's healed you. And um, anyway, we ended up finding out that we knew his Uncle Ricky in Bemidji. <laughs> and we're like, 
connections. This is so cool. And so anyway, God is good, and that's my our story. Amen. Amen. What is it that makes you cry? When I sing the last song, last line of that song from Third Day, for all the children around the world without a home. I remember when God was dealing with us to adopt. Remember that? I would get even near that line. And I would begin to sob. It's one of the first times I've ever sang through that song. I started losing it, and then I started thinking about picking blueberries or something. And then you quit crying. What makes you cry is your passion tonight. Also, what makes you angry is also your passion. You'll find out your call real quick when you begin to weep over certain areas. And some of you look at us and you think the Dudleys are out of their mind for having all those kids. That's okay. He never called you to do it. He called us to do it. I bet there would be 300 of them if we had room. You think the Dudleys are eccentric with 17? I read a story of a man in Africa the other day has 16,000 adopted kids. That's way beyond. Serious. That they have rescued and are legally the parents of. They call him Papa. Can't remember what, what the rest of it was. Papa something. Beautiful. The second I started reading that, I began weeping. I showed it to my wife. I said, honey, what do you think of this? <laughs> She's all snotted up and crying. That's what our passion is. And you want to really make us mad? Hurt one of them. You want to see a grizzly bear get up on her back legs? Hurt one of her kids. Right? What do you weep over tonight? And if you say nothing, well, then you need to find it. Whether you're a teenager, we got some teens here. We have some preteens. We have some in their 20s, some in their 30s. We probably shouldn't call them out after that, right? But it doesn't matter how old you are. If we're not passionate about something, we're not doing what God has called us to do and to the fullness of that calling. We probably get as much persecution in our walk from the church as we do from the world. Wouldn't you say? Or more. Because the world's not convicted by what we do in our life. They are somewhat. Let me rephrase that. They might be somewhat convicted by what we're doing. But people in a pew who have sat so long that there's butt ruts in that seat 
because you've been in it so long. They're the ones that get convicted. I remember because I was in that pew before. And I was comfortable and I wanted to be left alone. Did I love the Lord? I loved the Lord that I had created in my mind. And I loved him the way I thought I should love him and to the extent of that love. But I don't know if I really was making a difference in this world. I want to take a quick look at the life of Noah. Can we put that first scripture up, Pastor Dean? This is Jesus speaking. It says, Now as he sat at the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us what, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to, to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many and become lawlessness. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There are more battles going on in our world today than there ever have been before. More conflicts. Think about what North Korea is doing right now in our world. We are maybe on the threshold of nuclear war. Not in Minnesota though, right? We're untouchable in Minnesota. Hurricanes can hit Houston and they can hit Florida. We've had Hart, what was the one in, in um, Texas? Harvey? And then Irma? And now there's Julia ravaging Puerto Rico and the islands down south. This one's going to miss us by a little bit. Yesterday there was a major earthquake in Mexico City. Fires are burning in California, the worst they'd ever have ever in the Los Angeles area. You don't even hear about that, do you? Missoula, Montana is burning up, the mountains around it. We saw pictures of it the other day, and the lady that posted it said, please pray for us, we're not even making the news. There are more people dying today, tens of thousands every day starving. In, even though America produces enough food every day to, or excuse me, by itself to feed the world. And yet tens of thousands are dying of starvation every day. Pestilence, which is incurable diseases. 
are ravaging our, our world. It looks like Jesus was talking about today's newspaper, doesn't it? It looks like what he was talking about in Matthew there was describing today. Can you bring up that next portion from Matthew, the same chapter later in, later in the chapter Jesus says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field, and one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Do you feel, I know, I'm just going to say what I feel. I feel like the church has kind of been lulled to sleep a little bit in America. Would you agree? I mentioned last Wednesday, we don't talk about the rapture, Jesus coming back catching away of saying some if you if you talk to some of the young kids about the rapture they'll look at you like what when i first got saved in 1982 it seems like every other sermon they were talking about jesus is coming are you ready have you got yourself prepared he's coming back are you ready to meet him because if you're not you're going to spend an eternity in darkness separated from god but in the last few decades, something has happened in our church, and we have kind of just been like that baby in the cradle. And we've been lulled to sleep, and we've become quite comfortable, haven't we, in our churches? We really have. And I guess tonight I'm, I'm looking around, and I know most of you know Christ as your Savior. And so what this needs to be tonight for me and for you is maybe an encouragement to say we need to wake up and be ready. We need to let that passion burn again in our hearts. We need to find that place of a bride that can't wait for the wedding day. The cares of this world begin to weigh us down, don't they? Does anybody here have any financial concerns in your life? Nobody? I bet you do, don't you? I bet many of you have health concerns in your life. Chantel and I sometimes think our older kids, we can't catch a break with our children. And even though I feel as if we do a good job of praying for them and laying it down, it's still there, isn't it? The awareness of the burdens and the things that we carry in life, it's still present with us at all times. 
And Satan is very cunning and crafty to get us to a place where we're not really doing anything other than surviving. When God said, I have called you to have life and life abundantly, we feel sometimes like the skunk that's underwater with a straw sticking out, just sucking enough air to live. Amen? That better be Jesus calling, whoever that was. He said, as in the days of Noah, they were eating, drinking, giving in marriage. We're living in a new age now where marriage is not about men and women being married. It's about two women, two men. Someone brought a point to me about marriage a while ago. There's three different scenarios that will prove that Satan is an adversary to God's way of a family. If there's a young couple, he'll tell them, just live together. Don't get married. Don't get, it's just a piece of paper, right? Live together. Have sex. Whatever you want to do. Just live your life. Now, the Bible says that's wrong. It's adultery. It's sinful. And then it's interesting. There's another group where there's two men or two women, and now all of a sudden, he's a great advocate for marriage. Get married. Wait a minute. You just told this group not to get married. But now this group, you want them to get married. And then there's a third group. It's a man and a wife that are together. And what does he try to do with them? Get them separated. Split them up. Do you think we've been duped, Mark? Do you think we've drank the Kool-Aid a little bit in America? And around the world? As in the days of Noah. Pastor Dean, will you bring that scripture up from Genesis? Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Then the Lord saw. I want you to really look at this verse close and let it burn into your hearts. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's a hard saying. The old King James said, every imagination of his heart is evil continually. What would cause God to come to a place that he was so sorry it says in the old King James that the Lord repented that he even made man. He loved us so much. And it broke his heart. He repented that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth. Both man and beast, creeping things, birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. 
You think about, well, what did the animals do? What did the birds do? He, he, he created those things for us. They were under our dominion as men. And he created it all for his pleasure, and I was finding no pleasure in man. But aren't you glad that God's grace is amazing tonight and that he loves us? And that in spite of all this wickedness, in spite of all this darkness, that somewhere in the middle of that, Dan, there was a light that was shining. And his name was Noah. Just a man. What made him different? What made him stick out in a generation that was so wicked? You know, we think we've created new sins. We haven't. We've created new technology to exploit the sin. You know? They didn't have Wi-Fi on the ark, okay? <laughs> they didn't have Wi-Fi, Glennis, sorry. But they let the imagination of their eye and their heart be just as perverted as what the Internet can be. Because that's the heart of man without God. But we're seeing a man here who has God. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And the next verse says, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. That's amazing. Well, it's tough to be a Christian this day and age. All the temptations, all the things that are out there. I, I can't do it. My friends are doing this, and my coworkers are doing this and that, and I, I just, I can't. Well, wait a minute. How did Noah do it? In a dark and wicked generation. How did Noah rise above? How did Noah get a reputation of being perfect? Because he walked with God. The days that Kent has the most trouble is when I decide I'll do it my way. I got this, Lord. I got this. I'll take care of Chantel today. I know what she needs, and I'm going to give her a good dose of me because I'm really something. Amen? And we fall flat. Shh. I don't need no amens from you on that stuff. <laughs> Talk to you when we get home. No. <laughs> but how did he do it? He decided this isn't about Noah. This isn't about Noah. It's not about Rod. It's not about Kent. It's not about Kristen. Right? It's not about us. It's about God. And that's a hard place for me to find every day. But it's there if I want it. And then he calls a guy that's 800 years old. It says he begot three sons, Shem, Ham, Japheth. The earth was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. 
For the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. That's 450 feet long. The Vikings play on a field. Well, they attempt to play on a field that's 300 feet long. Amen? So it's a football field and a half long was this little boat that God asked Noah to build. And he said, the width is 50 cubits, which is 75 feet wide, and the height is 30 cubits, which is 45 feet tall. And you shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish it to a cubit from above, and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower second and third decks, Abby talked about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe the ark was built as a shadow of who God is. There was one door into the ark. Jesus said, I am the door. Any man who comes in any other way is a thief and a robber. This ark represented the Savior. This ark represented a rescue from total destruction. And when Jesus comes back again, he's going to look for a people that are made perfect in Christ. And I believe the scripture says he is going to take them up off the earth. He is going to rapture them or put them in the ark. He's going to carry them up while destruction and tribulation falls upon mankind like we've never known before. Can you imagine that? Worse than this? And behold, I myself am bringing the floodwaters. We don't like to think of God as a God who would bring judgment on anybody. But God brought the flood. to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But, don't you like that when God stops and says, but, but no matter what you're going through, he loves you. That's your but from God tonight. That no matter where I've failed him. He loves me. Why did he go to the cross? I shared that on Sunday, that story of Lee Strobel. He couldn't get past the part that he loved you. That's why he did it. The ark, Jesus, is there for one reason. He loves us. You shared with that man because you cared about him. You loved him. You prayed for him. God took away your cheap parking because he's an extravagant God and he put you in a good parking lot spot and so that that man was waiting. Why? Because he loves him. He loves you. But I will establish my covenant with you and you shall go into the ark. You, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. 
And of every living thing of the flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of the birds after their kind and animals after their kind, every creeping thing of the earth after its kind, two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. And you shall take for yourselves of all food that is eaten. You shall gather it to yourselves, and it shall be food for you and for them. And thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So he did. The story goes on to tell that Noah was 600 years old when the flood came. For over 100 years, Glennis, he built an ark in the middle of a prairie, in the middle of the woods, wherever he was. By the time he got done building, if, if it was in the woods, it was probably prairie by now because he used every tree. Amen? And it had never rained prior to the flood. The ground brought forth dew from beneath and watered the ground. So it would be like telling Dan, I don't even know how to, you know, making up some wild imaginary science fiction thing that's going to start happening in a hundred years when I get my boat built, you watch, it's going to rain. And they're going, rain? What's rain? Well, rain is when water pours down from the sky and they're going, Noah must have got some of that pitch in his system and it messed him up pretty bad. It had never rained. And yet the Bible says when they all got in and all the animals got in, that the Lord himself closed the door. And it was over. And everyone that was outside was left. Can you imagine when that first drop started falling? After 100 years of persecuting and ridiculing this old crazy man, I wonder if his wife thought he was nuts at times. She would. I built a living room. She thought I was crazy. <laughs> Think about it, though. 500 years old, and God calls you to go do something so crazy. Grandma Joyce, you think God is finished with you? I don't think so. You don't get a pass that says, go to heaven. Do not, what's the one in Monopoly? Do not pass, do not go to jail, all, all that stuff. <laughs> Too bad, you're 90 plus, right? I won't ask you how much you weigh. <laughs> Too, much. Too much. That's a debate, debatable. It doesn't matter if you're 90. I don't care. God doesn't care. He's not looking for your ability. He wants your availability. Because if he can take a, a Noah at 500 and have him called to build an ark, why can't he take Mark and say, Mark, it's time to venture out right now on a new journey. I know you're really comfortable, Mark, but too bad. And Sue's going, be quiet. Seriously. And don't laugh, you two, because God's speaking to your hearts tonight, too. 
How many Noahs do we have in this room tonight? Any? I told my wife she was crazy when she brought up the notion that a 44-year-old man should start adopting kids. I said, now what are you smoking? What are you into, you know? Seriously. It's not funny. <laughs> when Daniel graduates, I'm going to be 71 years old. But I'm not afraid of that. Even though some people think I'm completely crazy, I don't care. I don't care. Because if God called me to do it, he's going to give me all the wood, and he's going to give me all the pitch, and he's going to give me all the energy, and he's going to give me all the foresight that I need to raise a little boy that's two to become the man of God that he needs to be even though I feel like I'm old. Right? And I believe, I'm just crazy enough to believe that. And so when you're 90, I told, I worked at the nursing home so long that I'm not afraid of old people anymore. <laughs> I told them, I said, I don't care how funny you smell. I said, you look worse than you smell, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I talked to them very bluntly, and they loved it. I said, there's a good chance you're not going to live more than 10 more years, so what do you want to do with your life? Sit on your duff or do something? Well, nobody ever said we could. What do you mean you can't? Well, I can't do what I used to. God knows that. He's not asking you to do what you couldn't do before or used to do before. He's asking you to do what you can do now. And if he calls you to do something completely off the wall and completely crazy that you can't even think of doing, he'll give you the strength to do it, Bob. So stop looking at your own abilities. Stop looking at your own degrees or how much education you have because it doesn't matter to God. He could care less. Do you think Noah had a degree in ark building? <laughs> gopher wood and pitch and save the world. <laughs> but are there any Noahs tonight? My brother, God's calling you to deep things. Don't look away. Look at me. He loves you. You love him. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear will cripple us from doing what God calls us to do. Am I not afraid some days? I'm very afraid some days. My wife showed me our schedule today of open shifts in our house where we stay up for five or six nights straight all night long and watch kids. Do we get afraid? Do we question? Do we doubt? Yeah. Like I said, don't think that Noah built an ark for a hundred years and sang zippity doo dah, zippity a oh my lord, what a wonderful day. Every day was he was putting pitch on that thing. 
And there was times of doubt. There was times of question. Lord, did I really hear you? I don't feel it. And God will say, it doesn't matter what you feel. What does my word say? What is right? Church, it doesn't matter what the world tells us and it tells us how to feel about marriage, tells us how to feel about our family. It says right there, he took one of each male and female and put them on the ark. That's God's family. We didn't make it up, but we have to live by it. And how do we get through it all? We get through it all by loving people so hard and so deep and so real, but loving them enough to tell them the truth and caring enough about them to be right there with honesty at every turn. Sometimes I don't like to preach because I hear back the things that I say and I go, I don't want to hear that tonight. In Luke chapter 4, here's what the ark came to do. not funny if you were the one standing here with the microphone waiting you wouldn't laugh you missed it that's all right I can read it too I wrote it down up there it's just one scripture thanks pastor Dean Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Let the weak say, I am strong, and let the poor say what? I am rich. If we have Jesus Christ in our life, we're rich. We're rich because of him. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. This ark, this Jesus, when we completely go in to him, he heals the brokenhearted, doesn't he, honey? You know, as we sang that first, or that song, cry out to Jesus, that first line, to all of the people who've lost someone they love long before it was their time. You feel like the time you had was not enough when you said goodbye. I watched my wife rock her little angel in her arms as the Lord came and took her home. But he's a healer. He doesn't leave you there. He's the healer of the brokenhearted. Maybe your parents weren't there for you. Maybe your dad was mean and slapped you around, drank too much. Maybe he cursed you and told you you'd never be anything, never mount anything. 
He heals the broken heart. Maybe you had an ex-spouse that treated you that way. He heals the brokenhearted. He proclaims liberty to the captive. If there's addictions, if there's secret sins in our life, pornography, lusts, greed, doubts, fears, hatreds, bitterness, he brings freedom, the chains. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Amen? He's the chain breaker. He's brought recovery of sight to the blind, both spiritual and physical healing. Isaac Newton wrote, I once, not Isaac Newton, John Newton. It's late. I once was lost, but now I'm found I was blind but now I can see. And he sets at liberty those who are oppressed. In closing, I want to just say that we are promised life. John 10.10, Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. You will never find abundant life in a pew. You know, we often like to say at the bottom of a bottle or at the end of a joint. We like to pick on f people that are maybe wealthy and say, well, you'll never find it in your checking account. But I'm going to tell this group tonight, you will never find abundant life in a church pew. That's part of life, but it's not abundant life. Because until we come into that ark with 100% servanthood in our mind, we will never know the true abundance that God is talking about. Until you pray with somebody like that, that's abundant life, isn't it? And you see him healed. And it's all because you couldn't find a parking spot where you wanted it. Obedience will bring abundance. Now that doesn't mean, now don't go on the other side and say, well, you can't have comfort. Yeah, you can have comfort. You can have riches. I believe in a God of favor and prosperity. I think he wants to bless his kids. But he also wants his kids to be 100% servant-minded. I want you to think about that. 100% servant-minded tonight. Is there a sacrifice? Yeah, there's a sacrifice. Someone said, how's your golf game? I said, I don't know. I don't play it anymore. How's the horses? I don't know. I hardly ride them anymore. How about the hunting? Well, I don't hunt much anymore either. Someone sitting across the table at a banquet, we were raising money for freedom ranches, 
to help girls that have been rescued out of sex trafficking. Now that's something good, isn't it? Huh? Not sex trafficking, but building homes to rescue these poor little girls who are 11 years old, 12 years old, who are being sold into sex trafficking. And this guy was sitting across from me because he was a contractor, going to be working on a house. He says, what do you do? Because he knew my story and he knew who we were. And that we, I said, well, I sing and we raise kids. Well, what else do you do? I said, well, we sing and we raise kids. Any other questions? Go back to number one. We sing and we raise kids. And I got to thinking, I don't do all those things, but I've never been so abundant, so happy, and blessed. You see, I can't have abundant life just sitting here on Sunday going, oh, thank you, Lord, pay the tithes. Pay my tithe or he'll take it out of my hide, you know, something like that. And just have that mentality of our Father, but to be a servant. And do I always want to do that, Dan? No, I don't. It's days I've had enough poop. I mean it. Just being honest with you. If I smell one more poopy butt, I went to Pastor Randy Reimer's church years ago. You remember, anybody know Pastor Randy Reimer? Neat guy. I, of course I am. I'm open in front of people. <laughs> Easter Sunday, he called me. He says, Kent, how are you doing today? I said, well, I've wiped five butts this morning, and I haven't even got to my own yet. Any other questions? <laughs> he said, well, that's too much information. I said, well, then don't ask. Yeah, I told it. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'll tell it again. Because it's what's important. And we tell people, there's nothing special about us. I got out of high school and I went in, I was a logger. I loved it. I've been out cutting firewood with Danny on the back of the four-wheeler for the last three weeks. Got my two-year-old on the back. He rides with me for hours. We've hauled in cord after cord after cord of wood. I still love cutting wood. But God said, I don't want you to stay there. I want you to move on to the next thing. And then there was the next thing. And then the next thing. And I thought I had moved pretty far. But I hadn't even started. And you know what? I can't wait for the next 20 years. Seriously. What's God going to do with you? Because you're not just making quilts, okay? Get over the quilt thing. God wants more from all of us. Amen? And I'm not belittling anything that we do. But if we're willing and ready to say, God, what ark do you want me to build? Where do you want to take me? But it won't be comfortable. Okay? It's not going to be comfortable. 
For in an hour that we think not, that's when he's coming. It could be very soon. Very, very soon. I love you guys. I really do. You're great, great people of God. And I believe he wants all of us to even... Pastor Steve had a word a couple weeks ago. It's time to rise up another step or two. Ten strikes a nice church. But let's not get comfortable here, okay? Let's not get comfortable. Let's pray. I believe God wants to really just shake us a little bit this evening, yet. And you might not even know what it is that the Lord is calling you to, or, but you feel something. You just feel that stirring. And so I want us just to really stop for a moment here and let's just seek him. Let's just ask him. And I think we were going to do a song, but I think let's just, let's just pray. And if you want to come up front, we'll pray with you. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's first and foremost, that you pray that prayer of faith. Pastor Steve always tells me I have a heart of an evangelist, but we, we often think of that as a tent meeting or something, but my heart is two churches to stir us and to motivate us and to keep us from getting comfortable, to keep us from being complacent. And so, Lord God, we pray tonight that you would shake us, you would rattle our cage, so to speak, and I start with myself, Father. That you would continue to call us into places, Lord God, that we are not in control of. But where we have to completely abandon ourselves to you, knowing that without you we're going to sink. Lord, I pray that we get so far out on the water we can't see the boat anymore that there's no returning to it, that we're walking by faith with you. Stir us, God. Stir us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think I will have us all stand and I'm just going to lead us on guitar and I want us to sing just as I am because that's really what we need to do is come tonight just as we are.
while I'm singing this, if you want, just come down. Just pray. Pray together. Grab somebody. Pour out your heart to them, whatever it might be. Just as I am. Father, now as we leave here tonight, I pray that you would just continue to challenge us and encourage us to know that we can be Noah's in this modern day. That we can show forth that ark which is Christ in everything that we do. Lord, I pray that you would call us to do extraordinary things. Things that are above and beyond what we could even imagine. 
And Father, I pray that that abundant life that you spoke of would be evident in each one of us here tonight, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Don't forget next Wednesday night, Tim Pomp is going to be here ministering. And so please bring somebody out and we'll share the Lord with them as well. Amen.